When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen, why don't you explain to people what you're doing to us this year? <laughs> All right. So I was it, I was going for a late night drive, as one does, and I put on uh, an artist by the name of Slasher Dave. Uh, he's also the vocal, vocalist for a, um, I guess, doom metal, black metal band called Acid Witch. But he makes a lot of synthwave albums. And usually each synthwave album has a theme. It's like fake horror movie uh, records. Uh, Really cool. Well, he put one out uh, last year around Christmas, and I didn't know it was around Christmas, called Mothman. And it's just three three songs. The first song's called Point Pleasant. The second song's called Shadow Over the Silver Bridge slash The Collapse. And the third song's called The Ohio Mystery. And I was listening to that three-song EP while I was driving around, and I just started thinking about the movie The Mothman Prophecies, which I hadn't seen since I was a kid, and it freaked me out as a kid. But I remember that like it freaked me out for no reason, uh, and I'm sure we all have that, where we're like, we have yeah. things that scare us as kids, but like we'll watch it now and be like, what the fuck was I scared of? There's nothing scary about this. So I was like, you know what? It's only like 7 o'clock. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to watch Mothman Prophecies. And I put it on, and literally the first thing I see is them at a Christmas office party. And I'm like, we could do this for Christmas 365. Um, And I'm like, listen, we've made larger stretches in the past for the shit that we've talked about. Um, Look, man, I was messaging someone who does a Christmas podcast on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, they said something of the effect of, uh, I also do a Christmas podcast, but it's only between the months of July and December. And I said, that probably makes a lot more sense than what we do. <laughs> so like we certainly hit a we certainly hit a period in our show where we're just like, I don't know. 
Mothman prophecies, sure. But yeah, go check but, out the Advent Calendar House podcast. Oh, sweet. Give him a quick shout out for doing a more sensible thing. So that moment ends, and I'm like, Matt's going to yell at me like if I suggest this, and that's all there is. But two years later pass, and we pick back up around Christmas time. So I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do Christmas. So I messaged you. I'm like, one of my topics is the Mothman prophecies. Like, I just, I don't know why, but we're, we're going to do it. And you said, is this a scream stretch for Christmas 365 or a kiss, kiss, bang, bang stretch for Christmas 365? <laughs> yeah, because I knew that it certainly was wasn't just so a Christmas mad. movie. I was honestly, you texted me that. I was, I was, I was like, fuck you, dude. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to know. <laughs> because, I think it is very Because if you much... were going to be like, it was released in December, so that's what we're going to talk yeah. about. I was going to be like, dude, we can't we can't do that anymore. No. I let you do that one time. Yeah. <laughs> like, Plus, we had a lot. To, I had a lot to say about. I don't have a lot to say about the Mothman prophecies. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I would argue that as much as like we want to call a lot of the movies we talk about on here Christmas movies. To me, this is much as a Christmas movie as fucking Peppermint is. Yeah, no, 100%. (laughs) But I will tell you, mid-movie, I was like, I swear to God, if we're watching this just because of that fucking party scene, and then like I saw the lighting of the Christmas tree and stuff, and I'm like, all right. All right, yeah. this works. This it passes. It leans more in the, in the very beginning. But it, but yeah, it comes back. Give me your thoughts on the Mothman process. So I had never I had never seen this before. I okay. remember the advertisements for it. And then I remember hearing a mix of things. I remember basically the reviews, and, and it even says on the Wikipedia the reviews were mixed. But I'm talking about the reviews of the students at Sun Valley High School uh, the weekend after Mothman Prophecies came out, which was a combination of either... That was the scariest shit I've ever seen. Like, I I had trouble sleeping the next night. I swore I saw shit in the shadows. Um, Or people being like, it was dumb as hell and nothing happened. Which, I mean, I fall into neither one of those categories, but I I definitely disagree with the nothing happened. Yeah, some shit went down. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and listen, guys. We're going to be spoiling the shit out of a movie that came out in 2002. So I just want that out there. Yeah. An entire bridge collapses and 36 people die. A plane yeah. crashes and 99 people die. Some shit goes down in this. Yeah, there's movie. an earthquake in Ecuador, <laughs> Ecuador. Like, bad things happen. Yeah. I just, my thing is like, I think when people say that, when people yeah. say nothing happens, what they actually mean is that they wanted to watch a creature feature movie yep. where there was a big ass scary Mothman creature yeah. that shows up. And, like, in that sense, yeah, you don't really get it out of, like, a couple quick shots and moments. You don't have this, like, full-scale Mothman creature just, like, fucking walking around and palling around with Richard Gere throughout the later half of the movie or anything. But, like... But, like, if I remember correctly, and again, I'm sure we have specific listeners who will reach out to us and correct us where we are wrong when it comes to the cryptid of the Mothman... That's not the point of the Mothman. Like, I don't think he, like, that's, he's not a creature feature. Yeah. Like, he's more of like, hey, some shit's going to happen. <laughs> and I just also happen to be a giant fucking moth. <laughs> hey, yeah. just a heads up. Here's some prediction. He's just a psychic big ass moth. Like, <laughs> that's well, it. Well, so, so the thing is, and this is the one thing I do remember. I had to, like, look this up. Yeah. Um. So this is the synopsis of the book 
from 1975. And not like a plot breakdown, but it says the book relates to to John Keel's, they changed his last name to Klein for the movie, John Keel's accounts of his investigation into confirming sightings of a large-winged creature called Mothman in the vicinity of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, during 1966 and 1967. It combines these accounts with his theories about UFOs and various supernatural phenomena, ultimately connecting them to the collapse of the Silver Bridge across Ohio River on December 15, 1967. Official investigations in 1971 determined the cause was from a stress stress cracking in the eye bar of the suspension chain. Uh, Keel harshly rejects the theory that UFOs are of an extra, uh, extraterrestrial origin, instead proposing an ultra-terrestrial theory that Mothman, UFOs, and other unexplained phenomena are hallucinations caused by psychotic intelligence. Hmm. It's kind of like a book that's like more skeptic <laughs> than anything. Yeah. Um, and I also... I love that they changed the date of when that bridge collapsed because it's definitely in the movie Christmas Day. Yeah. Or Christmas Eve, and she's like, come home. Come come fuck yeah. me. <laughs> Stop whining about your dead wife and come come get in this puss. That's the clip. Somebody <laughs> clip that. <laughs> I don't know, man. My favorite version of the mo- I'm I think I'm I think I'm now leaning with the the college students. <laughs> It's not that nothing happened, but I'm like, my favorite version of the Mothman is this big-ass moth. With, yeah. <laughs> like this big-ass humanoid moth that's walking around that I see and it just creeps the shit out of me. Yeah. And I think that's I'm, what people wanted out of this movie, and that's not what this movie was in yeah, the we want some scary. we want scary shit sometimes. Yeah. And like, this is, this is fun. You know what? I will say this. It is good at like having a creepy vibe throughout Very much it. So. But like this and I and I saw on Wikipedia that other people have already compared it to this, but I'm gonna still stand by it. Okay. I would much rather the Mothman prophecies be a forty five minute episode of the twi- of the X Files than a two hour long movie. Agreed. Like there's just Agreed. so much downtime in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I would say um, this is one of those movies, and I, I hate getting into this argument, of thriller versus horror, and I feel like it was advertised more as a horror movie, but it's much more of a thriller. Like, it's much it's more, more of, of what is the mystery? What is going on here? Why is this guy saying that John Klein is showing up to his house multiple nights when he, we literally just watched him get there? Like, well, what's going see- on? See that part I feel like I understood almost immediately. Yeah. Like because it was like, oh, the clearly the Mothman has chosen that specific guy as a conduit for all of his prophecies. Yeah. So that was the prophecy of of him eventually showing up. Yeah. W- was through that. But like but yeah, it's it it's almost like what Lost was and what like people are afraid yellow jackets will be where it's going to set up all these questions and not provide a substantial enough amount of answers yeah. to satisfy people. And like, I'm, this is coming from probably one of the bigger defenders of the lost finale. I think the lost finale is absolutely brilliant, but I do agree that it's like, 
yeah, that show has a shit ton of like loose end mysteries that we never got answers to at the same time. Mothman Prophecies definitely ties it together more, but yeah. I wouldn't say that it's a satisfactory tie it together. No, honestly, like, I feel like by the end, the end end felt very almost rushed in a sense. Where it it was felt like, like here's the bridge, it's collapsing. You're number 37. And the Mothman was never seen again. And I'm okay. Yeah, I I also feel like it probably I have no evidence of this, but in my mind, it's like that character dies, and then someone was like, "No, you need the happy ending where those yeah. two lovebirds run off. She's got to, he's got to save her, and that's like he breaks the prophecy, and then the Mothman's destroyed because his prophecy didn't fully come true, or some bullshit. Like, yeah, it's like it's so it feels like such a Hollywood tacked on ending, and like it's one of the it's never it's never a good sign. When they're doing an adaptation about a book that is essentially nonfiction. Yes. And they still have to change the name of the <laughs> author of the book. Where you're just like, okay, so you're taking some serious liberties where even the author was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> we don't have to. I want no part of this, please. Yeah. As a kid, I remember being so creeped out by the phone calls with Indrid Cold. I remember being absolutely horrified, like, just by, like, the figure in the background when Will Patton's talking to Richard uh, Gere's character. Um, And I don't know why. Like, I don't know what it was about this movie, but it did creep me out. The the moth-like images, the idea... Of this giant fucking humanoid moth walking around and shit. But, like, I didn't understand that that's not what this movie was as a kid. And re-watching it the other night, I I felt kind of similar to the way you did. Like, I was in for the first half. I thought the really bad CGI moth flying at the windshield of the where she Charming swerves off the road. Yeah, I was like, I'm fucking in. This is a yeah. 2002, 2003 movie. Like, I'm in. Let's see what happens next. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and Jester over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. But yeah, the two years later, after he meets Will Patton's character... Or Gordon oh. Smallwood. Oh, uh, never mind. I was gonna say after he meets when he goes to Chicago to meet uh Leaks, the guy yes. who wrote like yes. that was that was right where I started to lose interest. Cause I liked yeah. that scene and it was such a such a throwaway moment. Like, yep. like cause he has that brilliant he has a really great line where he points to the really tall building. He's like, if a car accident happened ten miles from here but you were on the top floor of that building, you probably would have seen the accident 
happen. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you're all knowing. Yeah. And it was like implying like it's like you think that this creature can like read your your thoughts or whatever, but if it's just floating high up above everything and can see everything, then of course it knows everything. Like, yeah. like it was like I love that analogy that he made, and then honestly, I'd hate to say it, but once it gets back to Christmas time, the movie starts to really fucking <laughs> fall flat on it on yeah. itself. Yeah, it's just I hate to use this word, boring. Yeah. It gets so fucking boring. This is the definition of a three-star movie to me. Yep. Like, out of five stars. Like, it yeah. is just perfectly down the middle. Like, yep. And the thi- and uh, we say it all the time, the thing working against it the most to me is its length. If you were to take this down to uh, 90 minutes, t- pull 30 minutes out of this movie, um, I don't know where uh, um, and what you, what you do instead, but it, I think two hours is a little too much for me. Um, with Richard Gere. Yeah, it's it is it's a lot. I mean, the movie was a success. We can't yeah. take that away from it. Yeah. On a budget of, I mean, not a not a raging success. No. On a budget of thirty two million, it made fifty five million. So it didn't even double its budget, which is usually kind of the end goal that most studios are looking for with with a film. Is they want to like double, triple, quadruple whatever their investment was. Yeah. Um, you know what? There is one thing I want to give a shout out to a very, a very underrated team that has provided me so many great movie soundtracks. Uh, the, the score from Tom and Andy, I think is really good and creepy. That's the thing is this movie. I, I feel like I'm contradicting myself. I do think it's boring, but there's also some really good creepy fucking moments in this movie. I thought the phone call again. Very creepy. The phone call there's, scene is great. There's the a phone... lot of tension built throughout the whole thing. I just almost feel like they don't... There's Things happen in this movie. I feel like they don't do a lot with the tension. With no. the things that we care about. And that's the problem is that it's... And I think you're right. If, if it was a shorter movie, if it was a 90-minute movie, and you trimmed out like... Like, Motherfucker doesn't really get to point pleasant until like 30 minutes into this shit like like kill the wife have the drawings Mm -hmm. just establish he said and get that dude in point pleasant 10 minutes in the movie yep you know what i mean like there we go like we don't need all the backstory of his career as a journalist that much yeah because it's kind of a non it never comes up cares yeah it never ever comes up it's just like they're trying to establish like he's got a job he might get fired because he's focusing on this mothman like but it's it's you could have just made point. him instead of making him the journalist. You could have just had a, like any just well put together husband who watched his wife die in a weird fucking way, and then like pulled up, found the drawings, or or investigated like, it. Like or here's let's toss this out there too as an option. It. Wife dies. Yeah. We don't jump ahead two years because that plays nothing into anything it's really weird that we went yeah two years forward <laughs> yeah we jumped two years forward for really no reason so i say that his wife dies and if you want to figure out the whole like well what's he doing for work if he's just or whatever that bullshit is he's literally on grievance leave yeah and suddenly wakes up behind the wheel of a car in a totally different place with no explanation of how he got there, there. you go and then the movie's moving. 
Yeah. And we don't have to keep doing these things where he's calling his buddy at work to like have him stall for him so he doesn't get yeah. fired. Like, like yeah. it's just like all of that stuff is just wasted energy. And honestly, like a lot can fucking happen in two years, man. Like, yeah. I mean, you like, <laughs> I'm sure he's he's still grieving. He's still very upset. But I feel like it's more powerful happen, if it's right away. Exactly. Yeah. The things that are happening now are not at the forefront of his mind where I feel like if this were to happen right away, the the connection is all there. Things felt yeah. very disconnected. Yeah. Um, now that we're talking about it. You know what, Dylan? We should get if this if this writer's guild strike ends, we should try to get into the writer's guild. Hey, we'll Dude, fix I'm your fucking movies. For it. I'm we'll, fucking for we'll it. We'll fix your movies 21 years after they've been released. So <laughs> before before <laughs> biggest we... watch it, we'll give you notes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, uh, we are really good at coming up with Christmas compilations. <laughs> yep. And we can write a better Mothman movie than you did. I'm just saying. <laughs> what is your favorite cryptid? Before we wrap this up, if you had to pick one cryptid, what would it be? I mean, it's going to be lame for this answer. And I don't even know if this counts as a cryptid. Yeah. So if it's not, call me out on it. I fucking I'm a Nessie loving man, dude. Dude, I, Nessie's so dope. Like I have I own way too many horror movies based around Loch Ness just yeah. because I've always I've always like I feel like with any type of cryptid you're just like, look, I know that this isn't real. Yeah. But like it'd be pretty cool if it was. Dude. <laughs> like, also, you got to give yourself more credit, man. Fucking Nessie is like Nessie and Sasquatch are the two cryptids. Like, like I just I feel like they're yeah. so famous that I'm like, do they even count? Like, yeah, yeah. I I'm gonna go with two. There's okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Um, my number one cryptid is is a yeti. The okay. yeti, 100. I think it's so, and it's the same reason my second one is my favorite as well. The idea that out in this vast area of nothingness lives this being, this, like, large, just could totally destroy things being, is fascinating to me. Which is why my second, and this is where, like, I'm going to pull the, I don't know if this counts, is anything in the water, like, anything. The idea of how deep our ocean goes and how undiscovered 90% of it is. Like, that's why, like, Lovecraft creeps me out. Like, these, these like, old god beings that we don't know exist. How vast nothingness that just these creatures can be there just freaks me out, man. I love just Do looking you, at the ocean. <laughs> let me ask you this question. Does... Yeah. And, and I'm sure you're going to tell me the answer, and I'm going to be like, oh, duh. But, like, do you know what Maryland's official cryptid is? Fuck. Pennsylvania's is the lamest fucking one of all What's time. Pennsylvania's? While I'm trying to come up with, with Maryland's. Pennsylvania's is the squonk. The squonk. <laughs> the squonk. Let me tell you about this squonk here. Legend holds that the creature's skin is ill-fitting and is yeah. covered with warts. And because of its ashamed of its appearance, it hides from plain sight and spends all of its time crying. <laughs> like... That is incredible. Yeah, this is 
This is an artist rendering of what a squonk looks like, I guess. I love it. It's like it. just kind of a... I was like, let me zoom in so you can see this sad, crying face that they put on it. <laughs> but That is a very sad one. But I, I mean, I guess you guys could maybe claim Jersey Devil. <laughs> no, nope, that's Jersey's. That's Jersey's. I know, we're but stuck, no, you're we're close stuck enough. with the squonk. I'm looking. What's Maryland's cryptid? I I just looked it up and and I've I've never heard of this thing. Well, tell me about it. I told you about the squonk. I've never it, the snallagaster. <laughs> so the snallagaster <laughs> is a reptile uh, chimera originating in the superstitions of early German immigrants. Um, this thing is wild looking he kind of looks like a tiny dragon yeah i see it i'm looking at the picture frederick county isn't that where like the camp nightmare dudes are from yeah 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 yeah. that's uh that's on the other side of the old bay bridge oh so you don't have to worry about them where you're at no this is the one that i've heard of the goat man the goat man yes. is, is the one that i had heard of because I know, like, Ohio also has, like, the Frogman. Yeah. When like, you they were have like, Mothman and Frogman. Do you know Maryland's cryptid? I was like, I feel like I do. And it was, it's uh, the Goatman. We also have, and this is just, this is so funny to me. They're just, like, like jarring things that are locked in my brain. We have Chessie, which yeah. is Nessie of the Chesapeake Bay. Chessie! <laughs> <laughs> Chessie! <laughs> Oh, oh fuck, man. Dude, cryptids are so fun. Yeah. You, no, it's a good time. I do love the evolution of the cryptid. I think it's like the creepypasta in my mind is the evolution of the cryptid. Uh, like Slender Man. I think that's fair. And yeah. stuff like that. Um, highly recommend if you've never watched it is Marble Hornet's YouTube documentary on Slender Man. Um, okay, it's, I thought I was terrified you were going to be like, "Is uh, the movie Slenderman that came out in no, 2019?" No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so Marble Hornets was, if I remember correctly, it was a student project, and what they did is they faked a film project. But what starts happening in the videos is you start seeing weird shit happening in the background, and it turns into. Like, this goes from this film project to him trying to figure out what the fuck's going on in these videos. Um, and, like, Slender Man does pop up ever so often, but it's not like, boo, Slender Man. Like, it's, it's fucking creepy as shit. Um, highly recommend. It's a YouTube series. They, I think they did put it out on DVD eventually. Yeah. Um, doesn't sorry. You're that. talking about that, and I'm realizing doesn't Maryland also technically get to claim the Blair Witch? Yes, 100. percent We do get to claim the Blair Witch, but if I remember correctly, like the Blair Witch, like ain't encrypted. Yeah, like <laughs> it was made up for the movie. Like if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, and then it just became like a a thing because of Burkittsville. Yeah. All right. Well, Dylan, <laughs> we didn't talk a whole lot about Christmas, but you're definitely the yeah. Mothman of my dreams. So. Oh, my God. I love the Mothman. I want a Mothman Christmas tree. Give me that, guys. Whoa. Oh, whoa.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 